I'm Julie McCoy, and this is SEO in 2023 Additional Insights. Julia, what is your additional insight for SEO in 2023? Well, you know, it's 2023 and AI is here. So <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that. You know, I saw what happened with article spinners back in 2015 and I was just horrified. I was like, AI has no place in SEO writing and quality content. But now GPT-4 is here, ChatGPT, and I'm actually the president at an AI company called Consonant Scale. So... I'm fully in, you could say. You know, my tip in using SEO in 2023 is to definitely use AI in your process. Um, because what I'm seeing, you know, I'm in the mix of over 40 million words of AI production per month. And for some context, I used to run an SEO content agency for 10 years, and we were doing 10 million words a year. So that's four years of content in one month because of AI. And it's crazy. So what I see is that you can't just publish content straight from AI. You know, there is a misconception, especially in newcomers to SEO, that I can just go to ChatGPT or any AI writer, say, hey, write a 500 blog post on this keyword, and then go take it and publish it. So that's not something you can ever do for many reasons. First of all, that content might not even rank because it doesn't have the qualities Google is looking for. So Google is all about eat, which is now has another E, right? There's two E's there. So experience, expertise, authority, trust, you have to embed those in your content. And that comes back to the human touch. So on one hand, yes, embrace AI. It'll save you, we're seeing anywhere from five to 25X, the reduction on time and cost that it would typically take to do human only content creation, which is crazy. So you're able to get way more profitable, get way more efficient by using AI. But what I'm teaching, what we're teaching at Content Scale is something called AIO, where you're taking content from AI and you're humanly optimizing it. So the humanly optimized process is built around a framework we call CRAFT, which just five simple letters, easy to remember, and it takes you through the process of humanly making that content just 10 times better which you have to do whenever it comes from AI. So the first step is to cut the fluff. You got to ruthlessly edit. AI is, it's famous for repeating the same thing over and over, which it's funny because that's what a novice writer would do as well. So we have the same problems with AI <laughs> that we did in human writing. You got to ruthlessly edit. That's the first step. And then right, review so, it. So, so just, ha just, just hang in there for a second, actually. So uh, cutting the fluff. Is that something that um, content... Writers, is that going to be the job title? Content managers, whatever the job title is going to be in terms of managing the AI output. Is the fluff going to be there moving forward or is AI not getting better and better? So the fluff is getting less and less. That's a great point. I think it is getting less and less. And, you know, our dream with what we're actually building at Content Scale is that you like hit a button and the fluff is removed. So <laughs> eventually, yes, AI could be... <laughs> You're exactly <laughs> deep lover. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's a very real possibility. And, you know, all steps in the craft framework could be removed, except for the last one, which is trust building. And that has to come from your personal experience, which is something, you know, chat GPT, AI in general, 
it will never know your human experience. So that last step of trust building, I think we can eliminate all the other ones eventually and have AI do it. But when it comes to building trust, which is like the biggest reason why people buy, subscribe, move forward. So it's your most important element that has to come from personal experience. It's like, what did David go through to achieve what he's achieving today? I want to know that story. And AI is not going to, it's going to BS and like say something completely false. Unless you feed it your story first, you got to train it. So at the moment, the humans have to be involved a little bit more. And your second step in craft is reviewing, optimizing SEO to be as human as possible. So why isn't AI content, why doesn't it sound like a human at the moment? And what do humans actually have to do to it to make it sound more human? Yes. Great question. So what we're seeing with the AI output Um, And like you said, it's just going to get better and better. So this will be reduced. But what we are seeing is a lot of keyword stuffing or just awkward ways the AI is saying the keyword that you would never want to read. Like, oh, this is keyword stuff just for a backlink. I'm going to bounce. So that's human. And you've got to look at those keywords. And I work with our writers all the time. We look at these keywords and we say, are they written naturally? That's the goal in the end. And that's what Google prefers too, not just your human. So that's the second step is to review how those keywords read, how they're put in there. Is it stuffed? Is it natural? We want to make it natural. And your A is adding visuals and media to tell a story with pictures as well. So adding elements um, to that as well. Do tables and data within cells actually uh, form part of what humans can add as well? Or is that something that you rely on AI for? I think the data is definitely something that you want a human to either lead or assist. And there's a lot of AI tools out there that can either um, put together data or even go through it and give you a summary. Like even ChatGPT can do that. I'll ask it to look at the top books on Amazon in marketing and give me the top 10 negative things people are saying. Like that used to be manual work. That's all done now. So the research side, the tasks, you can actually delegate to AI. But when it comes to, okay, here's the final things that I know from the data, that's still a very subjective human personal experience type of thing is how to present that data. So that's something that I don't see AI removing anytime soon because the more innovative you get with presenting your data and the more innovative it is, the more it stands out. And that's just, that's, going in the human lane again. (laughs) So data, yes, you can have AI do the work, the legwork of it, but in the end to present it, you definitely need a human that knows what they're doing. And also talking about images as well, images can be generated using AI now as well. Um, Is that something you're actively doing as well? We are testing the waters of that. We're pushing the limits. And it's funny because, you know, time and time again, what we see is we come back to the human designer because, you know, you might know this, but Midjourney is notorious for adding all the extra hands. And <laughs> fingers, extra so fingers. Like yeah. That, yeah. Yes, extra fingers. It just ruins it and you can't fix it. <laughs> so it's like, hmm, I think we want to go back to using a picture of a real human here. So like we aren't there yet with images. That's where we're just coming back to over and over, whether it's like a blog header or a visual data piece that we want to put into the blog to drive the point home. So our illustrators and our designers, like they've gone nowhere. They've probably gotten more work than they usually get. Because <laughs> AI imagery is just not there yet. And it's um, a slightly easy element to discover for search engines if there's an extra finger and fingers but um, I guess moving forward it might be a little bit more challenging for 
visual search engines to identify which images have been generated by AI and which haven't? Is, is, is that something that is a concern, should be a concern for search engines and also people that want to use images on their sites? Yes. You know, I think with OpenAI announcing they're going to be watermarking the content, so the written content, that's the one that's been first to market. Imagery has definitely come second. It seems like it's harder to get AI images to market than it is the written word. So we have AI writing content better than a human writer, but we have images not designed as well as a human designer yet, but it's going to be there, right? I believe it's just a matter of time. So the watermarking on the written word, I think, has created a standard that's going to follow with images. So we're going to see images potentially watermarked as well by Midjourney or whoever the AI, whatever that AI is. And then that will give Google a benchmark. Okay, was this humanly created or was it AI generated? And then, you know, it'll, I don't know if that will harm your ranking because, you know, Google has really gone back and forth on whether they like that or not. Right now they like it. <laughs> Just don't spam people. That's basically what they're saying. So is it a concern? I think is the question. And, you know, it comes down to testing. Like we're testing pages all the time, seeing if it's going to rank, putting it out there. And what we see is that if you implement this craft framework, if you go through these steps and you make sure the content is accurate, it's true to your personal experience, you've added the right visuals, the right things, the right elements, you've chopped off the fluff, that content will rank and it will convert and it will succeed. So you can't not apply the human touch, I think. And that will separate you from the watermarking potential danger zone as well. Like, oh, this is 100% AI, therefore we can't trust it. Like you don't want to be in that danger zone as a brand. And going back to your framework, your F is for fact-checking. And obviously AI can spit out content that um, sounds very definitive, but um, isn't necessarily completely 100% correct. So do you absolutely have to check every single fact? Are there any particular type of facts that it tends to spit out that is less likely to be accurate? Oh, what a great question. So definitely there's a divide there. And you know what drew me to highlighting the factual accuracy was something OpenAI actually says on their blog. They say that GPT-4, GPT-3, all the iterations have no known source of truth. So they're essentially pulling billions of data points and truth is not a meter. It's nothing that it doesn't matter. <laughs> so if we know that, then we should know we have to fact check this stuff. We cannot let it fly without that. But what I'm seeing is, you know, and again, we're in the mix of 40 million words a month. So we get to see some cool industries, some different innovations, all kinds of technology. And what I'm seeing is the newer the technology, the more you need to fact check how it's described. So, you know, we're, for example, it'll say that an AI detector is a security measure. It's not, it's a way to classify AI content, but GPT-4 doesn't know that yet because it's not as current as it should be. So anything that's like new, innovative, you better fact check the crap out of that. <laughs> and even older facts as well, like when was SEO coined? You know, I found that our tool, Continent Scale, wrote accurate content. It found the correct date, found the correct first mention. All of that was correct. But I verified that. So even the facts that are correct, I would say you still want to verify. And T is trust building with personal style. But is it not the case that you can actually ask AI to talk in a, in a certain manner, in a certain style, and, and retain your existing style? Yes, that's true. You can't 
like you can't off the bat do that right now, but you know, I'm close to some experts that are actually training ChatGPT on their personal style. But what I'm seeing is that to achieve a certain tone style from ChatGPT, they're spending hundreds of hours. And I'm just like, do we want to do that? Or do we want to do some human editing for one hour? <laughs> okay. I think I'm so referring to more content um, based upon famous uh, personalities, because obviously you can ask oh. it to mimic maybe Donald Trump or, 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 or some yes. particularly famous person in terms of writing style or speaking style. But I guess if you've got a honed bespoke style for your agency uh, and it's not, not obviously based upon an individual, then that's more challenging to train AI on, you're saying. Yes. And that's what we're seeing the need is. It's like, well, I'm an influencer. I have a known following. How do I get this AI to write like me? So I think like we're approaching there where you can literally type in like Amy Porterfield and the AI will know your voice. We're just, we're not there yet. We're almost there though, because it knows, like you said, like Donald Trump or, and the rock. Um, so it knows super famous people, but the influencers, which is a lot more practical because Who's going to write like The Rock on their personal brand? Well, some people might, <laughs> but the known, the thing that we want is how do it, we train it to know our style. So at Continent Scale, it's actually something the founder and the dev team is working on is having this tool learn the style of these influencers, get to know it, crawl all of their content, learn that style, and then replicate it for each new piece of content. So, you know, I think we're, we're going to be there. It's just a matter of time. So you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. Now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? What's something that SEO shouldn't be doing in 2023? I would say don't overthink it when it comes to production. So, you know, I've been on many coaching calls in the last early months of the this year, 2023. And what I'm seeing is a lot of people that are stepping into SEO doing content at scale because like we got to face it, we got to do a lot more content than, you know, just a few years ago, we got to actually compete. So in order to do that, we got to do more than one blog a week. We have to do a couple, maybe three, maybe four. So what I'm seeing is people stepping into that, this new age really of doing content and SEO, they're pausing to get every little thing right before they hit publish. And that can be such an obstacle to your traffic growth and your revenue success, overthinking it. You know, I'm guilty of it too. I definitely overthink things, but you have to execute. You have to get that content out, you know, make sure you're applying the human touch. If you're using AI, like don't skip that part, not saying shortcut it that much, do that. But then once you do it, like don't sit on that piece of content, hit publish, get it out there and rinse and repeat. So you get more pieces of content. So the more you build, the more your site has the chance to rank in Google, get domain authority. And it's an old classic thing. You know, I think we all should know, but it's easy to forget and then sit there in the overthinking zone. Is this good enough? Should I publish this? And then it never goes out. So better to execute. And what percentage of your time do you spend on quality versus quantity? Ooh, love that question. You know, we have, I would say two buckets right now that we're dividing the quality up between. Um, so one bucket is thought leadership. We spend maybe two to three X the amount of time on that. And the other one is bulk SEO traffic gains. So if we're going after those keyword gains, we have a series of very simple edits to that piece. We generate it in continent scale, our own AI writer. Then we move it to a human writer who spends about 30 to 40 minutes. 
and that's it. And then we ship it. But the thought leadership stuff, sometimes one piece will take a day because we're, it's a case study of somebody that tripled their business using our technology. So something like that, got to pause, go get the Zoom call, embed it. You know, that's something we want to spend more time on. So if you look at your content in that way, which are the pieces, the rock star pieces that maybe I want to put in an evergreen email campaign, I want to put in my signature. Okay, spend a lot of time on those pieces. But the other pieces, maybe I want to get to the top of Google for this keyword. Okay, let's do a 3000 word piece. Let's use AI to write the bulk of it and then just spend an hour editing it and like put a timer on yourself <laughs> so you don't overdo it and then ship it. So thinking of content in terms of quality and quantity is a really good divide and you want to have both. But I would say quantity now matters just as much because you have to compete in order to get those rankings and you're competing oftentimes against a lot of other content pieces. Julie McCoy is the president at Content at Scale and you can find her over at contentatscale.ai. Julia, thanks so much for adding your additional insight to SEO in 2023. Absolutely, David. Thanks for having me. I've been your host, David Bain, and you've been listening to SEO in 2023 Additional Insights, a majestic series that complements the original SEO in 2023 podcast, video series, and book. Find out more over at seoin2023.com.